Hello and welcome to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. Not just for Louisiana, but for the entire northern Gulf Coast. And now, introducing your host, Alan DeRitter. and welcome to our November 11th Veterans Day edition of Monday Night Football, the voice for youth soccer. This is Coach Alan Dorado, and we'll start off with a prayer. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Dear God, thanks for letting us have a chance to uh, start this new season in 2019-20, and pray that uh, this show be able to be an asset to keeping the, uh, all the fans informed, all the players and coaches as well on the same page and giving everybody the press that they so deserve and uh, help us just have a season that we really don't ever want to forget. Uh, thank you for all your blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, well, we are coming to you on November uh, the um, the 11th, but you might be listening to the show a little bit later. Right now, it's a beautiful, beautiful day uh, as, we're, as we're taping. But we know we're going to get some brutal cold coming up on Tuesday and some lingering cold afterwards. So uh, it's what makes high school soccer so unique. Uh, our, our weather conditions can change so much, so fast. Well, anyway, on this episode, we're going to spend some time really getting to know St. Paul's soccer a little bit better. We're going to coach, talk to Coach Son Moser in the second segment and get to know uh, – um, his best players, get to know his his thoughts for the season. He's got some interesting things to say about how he stays motivated um, at his age, uh, coaching such a loaded team. Uh, very good interviews, worth listening to. On the first segment, we're just going to go over uh, some of the scores we already have. And remind y'all that we're probably going to go on live, try to do Facebook Live once a week and try to go over the scores um, from what happened from uh, the Monday episode uh, until um, Thursday. And so we're going to try to keep up with the scores as best we can. Of course, the scores are going to be outrageously uh, updated, and it's going to be kind of hard to keep up with all of them. We're going to do the very best that we can with that. Okay, so um, for the girls, we, we don't have many scores for the girls to report. Uh, but we do have uh, two significant ones. Archbishop Hannon beat Fountain Blue 1-0. What that tells me is that Archbishop Hannon is is in good shape uh, to to compete at their division. Fountain Blue's, uh, um, um, I wonder if I use the word powerhouse, but definitely can hold their own with any Division One team. And for Archbishop Hannon to beat them 1-0 is, is a great result. Uh, also... Up north, Loyola beat Caddo Magnet 5-0, to zero, but it kind of isn't going to be the whole tale of the tape because they kind of use this scrimmage as a tryout. Both of these teams have a ton of players at the club level um, that know each other probably too, and uh, they're just basically trying to weed out the players that really need to be playing JV. So 5 to nothing. And that might not be an accurate score because Cato might have been really experimenting with their weaker players while Loyola had their stronger players on the pitch, okay? Now, when it comes to the boys, um, uh, St. Paul's, of course, as you're going to hear in our next uh, interview, St. Paul's doesn't play around. They try to try to make sure that they play quality opponents. And uh, I'd love to have a chance to play them, believe it or not. Anyhow, um, 
St. Paul's wound up uh, hosting Denham uh, in Covington on Wednesday. And really, uh, Denham Springs uh, did a very good job with them. They wound up losing 3-0. to zero, But um, Denham Springs uh, really held them tight for 25 minutes. And, of course, Denham Springs and St. Paul's has a lot of players playing fall ball. It's a good little test to see whether or not Dunham Springs has something really good coming on on this year. And, of course, we expect St. Paul's to be great. Um, so uh, now Catholic hosted University, and uh, let's see if we got a score on that. Yeah, Catholic High wound up beating University one to nothing, which is, is a sign that Catholic High is potent. And University High uh, at their division uh, will be as potent as they always have been. Okay, so we kind of reported that they would be something to watch out for, both of these schools, and they did not disappoint. All right. Cato Magnet wound up beating Rustin 6-1 to one for the boys. That's not a really big surprise. And Zachary beat Woodlawn 7-1, to one, which is uh, Zachary Baton Rouge and Woodlawn. Uh, we're wondering if Woodlawn would be able to uh, handle a new regime without without uh, without a lot of problems. And, and it looks like uh, that they are not starting on the right foot. Vanderbilt beat Thibodeau, which is no big surprise there. Um, and uh, so that's the latest we have as of five hours ago. So uh, there you have it. So we already have scores rolling in. Uh, I hope that we'll have uh, we'll be able to keep up to date with all of the games that we're going to have starting next week, um, and uh, and also all the power rankings. And not only that, but uh, uh, I had communication today with Chad Vadreen, and it looks like we're going to be uh, having our weekly top ten polls coming out on this Friday. And we'll try to do our best on um, Monday Night Football to get those to you as soon as they're off hot of the presses. So, busy, busy week. My head is spinning. Our our football team is ranked second in Division II playoffs. And I'm coaching them along with our boys and our girls. We have we at De La Salle are going to be playing Bonneville uh, at Yenny Stadium Wednesday night. And my girls are going to be playing David Thibodeau and Lafayette Saturday afternoon. So all of us are like uh, buzzing with activity. And at Monday Night Football, we're going to try to keep up with it as best we can. Well, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to legendary coach Sean Moser on Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. We'll see you after the break. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Monday Night Football. We're honored to have as one of our guests tonight, uh, Coach Sean Moser from St. Paul School. Welcome to the show, Coach. Uh, thanks for having me, Al. Well, let's let's get right to it. Uh, what kind of year are y'all expecting at St. Paul's? Um, I think we're pretty excited uh, this year again. Um, we've lost some quality seniors, but um, we have the, the majority of our starters are back, so we'll probably start at least six um, seniors this year that were juniors last year and started. Um, most of them are different or positional players. I mean, they're new positions. So an outside back moving in or an outside mid moving in the center. So they do have, you know, experience in playoffs, experience in the finals um, and they're seniors, uh, but maybe up to new positions. But uh, we're pretty excited about what we have coming back. Okay, and uh, y'all looked very dominant last year in the state championship. 
How do you keep these kids motivated to want to continue to win like that? I think, you know, I challenged them early last year's group because I, I knew that uh, going into the year, I thought um, that four or five teams had a chance. I knew Jesuit was senior heavy and solid. I knew Catholic was senior heavy and, and, and good. I knew North Shore was senior heavy and, and was uh, going to give a challenge to, you know, the top three or four teams. Um, so early on, that's why I, I kind of challenged the team and I put us on the road. So literally last year, our first 15 games, we played probably 13 on the road. We played at Dutch Town, at East Ascension. We played at North Shore. We played and got quality wins. Um, eased out victories at times. So I think I tried to smash them in the mouth early. And then by January, we were just rolling. Um, and that's why, besides the semifinal, that's why it wasn't really a close game come playoff time. Who do you think is going to be your biggest challenge this year? Uh, competition this year? Yes, sir. Um, you know, Jesuits always going to be just because they're so deep. They're always going to be in the top four kind of thing. Um, we, we opened the season with Dutchtown a week from tomorrow, and I know they've got what they have coming back and how well they played last year. Um, and they've got probably the Zanes, probably the top uh, player in the state. Um, so we start with them. We got Lafayette coming to town. So all, I think all the big. Um, all the big boys from last year, all the quarterfinals. I think North Shore will be taking a, taking kind of a backseat to the top eight just because they graduated so many um, kids. But I can see uh, St. Amon, Dutchtown, Catholic, Jesuit um, being you know, at least in the quarters, if not semis. Okay, what do you think is the reason why St. Paul's is so strong year in, year out? And Coach, could you move your uh, – are you outside right now? I'm sorry, say that again. I think I'm kind of breaking up a little bit here on the North Shore. Yeah, are you outside right now? Um, I am outside, yeah. Okay, if you can move to a place where there's no wind, uh, that would be okay. great. Yeah. Okay, but anyway. Uh, yeah, I okay. Go ahead. Okay, so why, why do you think uh, you've had so much success year in and year out over there with the Wolves? Um... <laughs> You know, I, I, I put a lot of, uh, you know, early on uh, when I took over 10, I think this is my 10th year, 11th year. I think my 11th year. Um, you know, we just kind of made it this um, a, a challenge to be, in the, to be in the mix at the end of the year. Um, and so in the off season, I want them to, you know, to get, to get back to their club teams, to enjoy playing for a different coach. Um, in the summers, if you're in town, the captains run uh, two days uh, where they come up you know, 6.30 at night and you can play. Uh, most of the guys join me and, and run the soccer camps here at St. Paul's, and so they get extra touches on the ball you know, in the off months. And then when they're back in the fall, the captains call practices on the days that they're off from club where they either run. Um, so a lot of it is kind of this uh, built-in when I get them back in uh, late October. You know, we're already, we're getting to the point where we can, we can start fine-tuning and working on tactics from day one because they're in the best shape. Um, they've got touches on the ball they don't have to worry about. So I think it's just this high-level expectation from year to year that we established you know, 10, 11 years ago. And I also have, you know, a lot of people are now coming to look at St. Paul's as a, as a place to go to school based on our success. We're getting people... You know, driving in from Ham and driving in from close to Baton Rouge, coming from Slidell. We've had a 
that are seeking us out. So um, the last couple of years have been kind of more of a self-fulfilling um, situation based on our success. How do you stay motivated? Because it's one thing to have a team that you're trying to get to the championship level, but a lot of people don't know this, but it's so much harder when you have a championship level team to repeat and then repeat again. Uh, how do you deal with that stress and, and stay motivated? I try to, I try to every year I think is different. I think it gets me excited with, you know, with new players. Last year I knew it was going to be, um, Last year, like I said, I think there was more groups in the mix that were going to be challenging for us uh, come uh, quarterfinals, semifinals, finals. Um, and it was a new group of players kind of thing because my, my, my 2018 class, I think I graduated eight or nine seniors. So even though these kids have been in the program, just to see them work so they can get on the field and then work um, you know, to get, make the team better and then hopefully play at the next level is exciting. I always enjoy the finals when we do win to watch their celebration. I guess that kind of motivates me um, to see that, you know, that, that they've kind of been able to fulfill a dream of theirs, A, making the team as a sophomore or junior, and B, winning a state championship. Um, and like I said, every year, I'll, you know, whether I teach or coach, I look at the end of my uh, academic year and say, what could I have done better? What will be my challenges for next year kind of thing? And kind of store those away and hope to build and improve on that. So right now, 54, I'm still decently motivated. This is what the, what the future holds in a few years. Okay, and um, let's, let's find out about your best players this year. Who do you think is going to make the most noise? Um, uh, Michael Dufour is up there. Michael Dufour, I think he and Zane are going to uh, kill it as far as um, – as far as goal scored, I think they'll be competing all year. As probably the two, two, the two best strikers in the state. Um, he's a three-year starter for me. He was an outside back in 18, and then I moved him up top last year. Um, he's looking at some big colleges. They're looking at him. Um, James Bradford as well. Uh, he was my second forward last year. So I have two returning seniors, both of whom started uh, in the attack, both of whom started last year. Dufour was in the 20s, mid, mid to high 20s, and, and JB, James Bradford, Probably was uh, you know 15 goals and 15 assists. So you know that that one two punch is pretty good. I'm moving Ben Schwing from center back to center mid, um, and he's being recruited by App State and some other schools at the back. Um, but he's just real creative and um, and can strike ball to the foot. So those three up top, and then my back line. We've developed some players. My back line is almost completely seniors that kind of uh, got a little bit of time last year, but um, really matured. Um, in the off season, and so um, I'm pretty pretty heavy senior laden um, in the back. Midfield's are real good, but midfield is my work in progress uh, for this year so far. Well, one thing that's always been outstanding in the last in the last few years uh, is your goalkeeping. Who's going to take over that honorable position? Yeah, we have had. I, I was uh, I was uh, very pleasantly um, uh, impressed with Trace Roberts, who sat you know sat behind Kyle Schmitz for three years. Um, got almost no time just based on our strength of schedule. Um, Kyle, you know, pretty much played every minute of every game uh, for his three years, and he really had a good year. And same thing then for Hunter. He's a junior, um, pegged in as a starter. He didn't get much time last year just because we were traveling to Dallas and other places to play these big schools. Um, but so far in tryouts, he's been he's been fantastic. And he does play at an upper level on uh, the Manable Club team he's on. Um, they just got back from Panama City at a showcase. So um, he's untested in the high school ranks, but 
um, I think he'll be fine. All right. Well, Coach, it sounds like it's going to be an exciting year for y'all again. And uh, and I hope you stay motivated because what y'all doing out there is outstanding. And uh, and I hope y'all don't take it for granted. No, we won't, especially when you open, open up against the number two ranked team in the week. So I think we're – I think we're ready to go. Fantastic. Thanks for taking time out, Coach, and we'll be keeping an eye on you for the rest of the year, okay? All right. Thanks, Alan. Thanks for calling. God bless you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, everybody, and that was Coach Sean Moser. Uh, and uh, bad news for everybody else in Division One. Uh, he looks to be as strong as normal. And uh, and in order to beat a team like St. Paul's, you're going to have to you're going to have to really, really uh, not only have your act together, but you're going to have to have talent as well. And that is uh, uh, going to be a, a tough out. Anybody can get beaten on any given day. Uh, but once you have a culture of winning, like to have a St. Paul's, uh, uh, winning becomes a habit, and winning, winning becomes an, uh, an expectation. And if ever you get a chance to see St. Paul's play, you can see that they play with both. Uh, they are very confident. They're very uh, positive. Not a lot of bickering on the field. A lot of people who are on the field that definitely understand that it's a privilege to be on a field uh, to play for a St. Paul's. A lot of them, like Coach was saying, had spent years waiting for that opportunity, and they're definitely not going to waste it by taking it for granted. It's a marvelous thing to see, and uh, and I wish them the best throughout this year. And I know Americans like to root for the underdogs, but maybe just maybe we can we need to uh, root for the the powerhouses too because. We need to get get our national program at the next level. And if people are doing things right, um, why not take a good close look at them and emulate them? Okay. Well, that's going to do it for Monday Night Football tonight. Um, we're going to try to do a Facebook Live um, sometime during the week. I always try to aim for Thursday. But we'll try to get some of our other uh, coaches on the, on the air. Because right now, uh, this week, we're starting to see some scrimmages about to happen. And the scrimmages will give you a little taste as to how well our predictions were. And then the season gets going. All right? So uh, this is a great time of year. Sit back and enjoy all the games that you can on Monday Night Football. Give us youth soccer. May God, may God bless you and your family. And remember, carpe diem in Christ. Take care. Take care.